0: Oh right, I'm doing your <laughs> drunk. <laughs> now you see, Lucas, we tell you these things, but just don't listen.
1: Well, that's going at the top of the episode. Oh you. man.
2: <laughs> this podcast contains explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Thundercast. My name is Lucas. My name's Christian. And I'm Liam. Here with another podcast that just talks about movies, and today we are coming to alive from the inside of Batman's cowl. It's very sweaty and very emo in here.
0: <laughs> I
2: don't think his anybody.
0: everywhere. I don't think anybody would fit in this cowl. It sits very tightly on his head. Yeah. <laughs> like seriously, uh, like and- um, like geez, like it would be like, like those walls closing in in Star Wars, except on leathery and
2: fleshy. <laughs> All right, let's move on. <laughs> And of course, uh, we are sponsored uh, this week by our patrons. That's right. Uh, thank you guys so much for uh, for your for your patronage. One and... of you raised your donation, and we are eternally grateful. Yes, we
1: really appreciate <laughs> it. And every single one of That's you awesome. will get a shout out at the end of the show. Exactly. Well, so today we're going to be doing something a little different, mostly because we had we were going to do enter um this week, but uh, our host was unfortunately unable to. Um, Schedule it with us, so we... yeah, fuck him. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't Ezra this time. It was going to be John Tasker, friend of the show. Yes, that's his real name. Um, but unfortunately, just uh, things got in the way, uh, as Batman would say, "Something in the way." Uh, that's a joke. No, that... <laughs> he wouldn't say that. That would be Cobain saying that. <laughs> Try again several times in the movie. Anyway, um, yeah. So today we're going to be doing a very extended ingestion so you're pretty much just gonna see two segments today i guess because this and cool wars and then that's the pretty much the fucking show
0: we'll call this the uh what is it the thundercast quickie (laughs) Catchup.
2: that's not a bad
1: that's not a bad title
2: you just thanks for naming it um (laughs) it's always so nice when when the titles come in the episodes like you don't think about it afterwards it's so natural (laughs)
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. So, ingest, extended ingestion, everybody, because mm-hmm. I mean, it's been about a month since we did the show, so we wanted to catch. Or like
0: two,
1: according to YouTube, it's been a month. So <laughs> I'm gonna go with that anyway. I don't trust YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> like as a as a
0: conglomeration, or just like as a time. In just set? about every way, shape, and form. You like YouTube. Yeah, but I also don't trust it. I could like things and not trust them. <laughs> I like you. I trust you with a lot of things, but there are things I do not trust you with.
1: I like you, Christian. I don't fucking trust you, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you,
0: yeah I think you're just... I don't know. Something about you is
1: just off. I think you might be dangerous. <laughs> Ouch. I don't know how to take that. Um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, extended ingestion. We're going to do things different today. Instead of uh, all of us like taking our time and going through. So you're going to see something fly over the camera there because I have to block my face. Otherwise my nepotism or not nepotism, my I'd stare at my fucking stupid Your vanity. Thing. There it is. Yeah. Um. I have a ring light. You, you think I'm vain? <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Instead of just like Liam's turn, Christian's turn, Lucas's turn, we're just going to go in a circle. Uh. So or yeah, try to at least or a triangle. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, Liam brought up a good point in the pre-show um, slash our little meeting beforehand, and I think we should going to talk about the last duel first.
0: Um, since mm-hmm. there was one week where uh, we couldn't get together to play uh, T and D, so we were like, "Hey, why don't we watch the last duel?" Because yep. we all wanted to go see this in the theater, but none of us were able to find time.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so yes, yeah,
0: so you can you can blame us on its
2: uh, box office bombing. <laughs> Those three it's extra tickets, fault. yes, those three extra tickets. Yeah, it was it was three tickets away from a box office box office success, and we we fucked it up so bad, guys. Ben Affleck's we ruined just... we ruined the movie movie
1: industry forever. I just imagine Affleck and Damon just like sitting yep. in their office, just staring at us on the screen like these fucking assholes. Not only not only
0: the success of a movie, but we also ruined young people
1: for Ridley Scott. Yeah, <laughs> well, because we did we did watch it as Ridley Scott fully intended and that mm-hmm. was by watching it on discord and streaming it off the internet
2: so yeah. fully exactly how they wanted it intended it yeah, to be exactly so. that's this is this is how cinema is meant to be consumed
1: yeah well i would argue on an iphone on a on a city bus you know mm. yeah mm. with without headphones just audu- audibly out loud <laughs> <laughs> oh and
0: you know those those specific film prints you have where like something's off as the aspect ratio doesn't line up with the frame of a camera
1: yeah, so you zoom in
2: whenever somebody's face is on screen, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I'm just imagining someone sitting on the bus watching the last duel, and they just hear like moaning and and Ben Affleck saying, "Take your fucking pants off,
1: <laughs> <laughs> sir." Can you please get off the bus? Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So last duel, um, like like Liam was saying, we watched it together, uh, the three of us, um, sharing screen or whatever, and it was I enjoyed it quite thoroughly. Mm-hmm um I liked it a lot yeah i I think I hated it <laughs> that's not true devil's <laughs> I it ad, a lot. devil's advocate down here <laughs> um yeah I really enjoyed it I think some of the performances were just like outstanding um and I mean how could you not get that with those three main actors and then I can't remember who played uh Damon's wife uh, was, uh Jody uh cormer yeah. Um, fantastic performances throughout, and I think having Scott behind the camera there definitely assisted in that. For nobody sure.
0: does this shit like Ridley. No, mm-hmm. and also I'd argue that with Cormer. Cormer, I don't know. I
2: I think this could be a star-making performance. Yeah, for she physical. was great. Like she was genuinely extremely good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, I really enjoyed. Like I really like the structure of the movie because it's it's like told in like three sections where it's like the the truth according to Matt Damon's <laughs> character, the truth according to Adam Driver's character and the truth, according to uh, uh, Jodie Comer's character. Yeah, the, oh, yeah, the truth now. how it really happened, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I say allegedly because the
1: story is hundreds it's, of years old. Yeah. The, yeah. the structure is very uh, Rashomon inspired. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, mm-hmm. that's a good mm-hmm. uh, good comparison. Um, <laughs> so, for those of you at home that don't know what what it's about, uh, Matt Damon and Adam Driver play uh, noblemen, right? Or knights? Is that kind of yeah, they they be
2: noble noblemen. Yeah. They they they, they, own, they own land and everything, so.
1: So they play noblemen in uh it's in England, correct? France. France. It's in France, right? Uh and Yeah, uh four, 14th century France. So Matt Damon is married to uh forgot her name, Jodie. Um Jodie um, Marguerite. 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 Marguerite is Yeah, a great
0: and she yeah. which is uh uh what is it? A dicey thing because she's uh the daughter of like a uh, former uh, enemy of France. mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
2: Yeah, he was, a, uh, he was a traitor in the... He sided with England in the last war. Which I think this takes place during the the 100 Years War? I'm not 100% sure. I think so. Anyway,
1: he... Matt Damon one day leaves to go fight in said war. And that is when uh, his wife is sexually assaulted by um, Adam Driver's character. Is... Uh, fr- oh, was it his uh, friend turned rival? And then... Mm-hmm. As that kind of progresses, it's decided that the two of them will have a trial by combat.
2: Uh, so in the eyes yeah, of Yeah, since, uh, since uh, Adam Driver is um, f- good friends with like uh, Ben Affleck's character, who's like the noble above them. Uh, he, he's a he, count. He's a, yeah, he's a count. And I believe they're like barons or something. Count is um, Luke. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and like, so, and because they, they're under him, he gets to decide, he basically just is the judge, jury, and executioner. Um, so he was just like, oh, don't worry. I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna find you, uh, find you not guilty. Like, it's, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. Uh, so they had to appeal to the King of France, uh, for a trial by combat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, so
0: this movie got a little bit of bad press before it was coming out from people who knew the subject, cause it was, uh. Despite the fact that a woman did write it, it was mainly brought to the attention that it. it's two men and a, and a male telling the story. Or uh, two actors, or two men and a male director telling the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, And uh, the fear that it was going to be a not all men kind of film. That's not is, what this was it, at it's all. It's very much not. Yeah, <laughs> In fact, um, not. by the end, it kind of shows... It's act. This movie does what a historical epic should do, which is tell a story that is relevant to what we're facing right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, um, like, by the end of this movie, it kind of turns into, well, you realize that despite this uh, woman, Marguerite, facing a horrible act of atroci- of human atrocity, by the end it becomes about two men fighting for their pride in a pissing match of who started
1: it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the story, like we've mentioned this already, it is told in like three segments, so... Damon's truth, uh, Driver's truth, and then Marguerite's truth. And it's funny how each one of them tells their own truth, you know? Like, Matt Damon definitely thinks he's the hero in that situation, and he did no wrong. Mm. And that he all he was doing was protecting France with everything in him. And then Adam Driver was like, well, I'm a hot shot motherfucker, and I can do whatever the hell I want. And I'm cool as hell. And then in Marguerite's mm-hmm. story, it's like, no, Matt Damon, you're a fucking terrible husband. <laughs> you're very, you're mean. I'm just you're here. As, yeah, arrogant, prideful. I'm just here as a formality because you wanted land. Uh, mm-hmm. And Adam Driver, you are a rapist. You yeah, know? you're a creepy Sorry, guy. Sorry, I said who... in the movie, not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: you are as far a, as we know, <laughs> as of the recording, Adam Driver is not a rapist. This, yeah, like we you're, we a,
0: you're a creepy person who has no social context whatsoever. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and just sees everything, everything through the, th- through the lens of like, I'm awesome. Yeah. Sort of thing. It's where he just, he, he interprets like very obvious, like, uh, like no nose essentially as part of like a courting game sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. It's um, I would, sorry. I just had a thought. It's funny how Ben
1: Affleck is shown throughout the movie because essentially every story he's like, Oh no, you're a douchebag.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's the same. <laughs> oh, ben everyone, has, everyone has the same point of same uh, opinion of uh, of, of uh, Ben Affleck's character. Yeah, you're a douche. <laughs> he
0: actually, I find, I, I actually find it kind of annoying, but he got a Razzie nom because I thought he played like the philanderous, uh, rich, arrogant cad very well here. Yeah, I agree. I all, did too. You know, like the it only... was, it's
2: one of the few times where I'm like, where where I watched a Ben Affleck performance and I didn't just only see Ben Affleck. Yeah. Like. <laughs> The only reason why he got that Razzie knob was
1: because of his haircut and his beard. That's literally the only mm. reason. It, like, they didn't mm. pay attention he to the, the movie. Yeah, he looked funny, and people didn't actually watch the damn movie. Um, but yeah, uh, it's incredibly well shot. I'll give it that, too. Um, the
0: production values are incredible, especially and go an extra pl- icing on top of that cake is um, the historical accuracy and the way a lot of things are portrayed, at least... From Luke, what Lucas pointed out, as a history buff, there are some things in there they put extra
2: attention into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is one thing that was pointed out to me a little while ago. Like, during the duel, when the, they're they're jousting, there's a point where, like, someone, like, ext- like, does a thrust with their lance. That's a terrible idea. Because <laughs> no. the reason the lances work so well is you couch them, like, between your arm uh, and your body... And like just let just let the lance and the speed that you're traveling do the work. Right. If you are if you thrust, not only are you not going to hit as hard, you're going to break your wrist. Like <laughs> maybe that's yeah. why Cal, my brother, and I hurt each other when we tried the bike
0: joust as kids. <laughs> I feel like there's other other Indeed. factors there. But uh, like and no I
2: armor. and and like one thing that I noticed is like you see in the trailer and in the posters, they have these weird like half visors. I could not find anything to support that being a real thing. No, I'm pretty so sure I, we I was, did our research after the
1: movie and found mm-hmm. that no, that was just a production thing.
2: Yeah, it was um, so you could like they, they were trying to have like both the cool visor and the actor's face at the same time and it was a weird compromise. I'm not sure how I feel about that. But man. overall uh I uh overall the accuracy is is pretty solid I think in, in a lot of the costumes. Uh apparently Matt Damon's haircut was not uh, historically accurate. He did not like People didn't back then didn't have mullets as far as we know. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um. Uh, but also I read, I read an account of the duel, like a blow by blow account of the duel. Oh yeah. Uh, and the duel in the movie is fairly accurate. Really cool. Yeah. Like to, to the, to the point of, um, uh, I can't remember who, whose horse went down first, but someone's horse got lanced and the horse died. Uh, and then they fell and they were stuck. Uh, like to, like down to that kind of detail that was in the blow by blow blow by blow account that I read.
1: Hm. That's wild. Even even the way that Adam Driver dives. Uh yeah. Which is not a spoiler. There... It's a historical account. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um
2: uh f- even even his last words uh where he he proclaimed his innocence. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, huh. I was also going to uh I was uh, just stayed out like uh cuz Let's just say, uh, despite being a mastermind, Ridley Scott may be one of the most hit or miss directors of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the best movie he's made since the Martian. Oh like sure. hands down. Mm-hmm. Sure.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's funny because he had also had House of Gucci come out the same year, right? Which performed better despite from what I've heard being the far weaker film. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think it only performed better because Lady mm-hmm. Gaga was in it and you had Jared Leto and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. And people <clears throat> people care more about modern history. Than they do, uh, like ancient history. I don't even know if I would call this ancient history. No, this would be medieval. Medieval. Yeah. The,
2: the ancient era would be like ancient Greece and
1: sort of that time period. Ah, okay. So it's not like my grandpa. And earlier, he was ancient. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but no. Uh, overall, I liked it a lot. I'm still really
1: sad, but I didn't get to see it in a theater. I think that would. It would have been, been really cool to see it in a theater. Yeah, it was a little long. Um, but that's fair. Didn't overstay its welcome. I think. See, I
0: wasn't feeling the length. Like, when we got to the end of a first chapter, I was like, which is like a good 45 minutes, I was like, oh, what, we're here already?
1: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I mean, we do have the advent of watching it at home and being able to pause and go to the bathroom and not have to worry about, what did I miss? (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. Oh, you missed missed Adam Driver doing something really gross. (laughs) You know, like... (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh, But I think think that definitely plays into the runtime because you, you... I get up to pee or whatever. And so that definitely taints the experience. But anyway, um, yeah, there is
0: oh, pretty good sorry, there's one last thing I wanted to note about this, which I thought was kind of cool. So mm-hmm. uh, initially, um, this movie was set meant to star, uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon in the, in the two main roles. Um, but, uh, what is it? The two, uh, was it Affleck decided to step away and cast Adam driver because, um, one, they were scared that it would overshadow it and be like, hey, look, it's Ben Affleck and Matt Damon in a movie together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he could shadow Ridley Scott behind the camera. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So that gives me some kind of hope that maybe Affleck may be returning to directing soon.
1: Yeah, for sure. That'd be cool. I, he's in a he's new a, movie. He's a good director. Yeah, I'd say he's a better director than he is an actor, often. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in a new, new movie with Anna de Armas uh, that comes out. It's called Deep Water, which is funny because they dating for so long anyway um okay. i don't know if he directed it i just wanted to point that out that the trailer came out today whatever um yeah so that's the last duel i don't know if you guys have any final thoughts on it i really liked it i had i had a lot of fun watching it yeah.
0: probably would have been in my favorites of the year list if i had seen it last year
1: i uh, hmm, sh- should liam and i hammer off the two that we watched together sure so I. Of note, Liam and I did go see Jackass Forever um, together. I had seen it before I saw it with Liam, but I was like, "You gotta go see this." I've been a I fan was of Jackass, pretty
0: mad, but initially, but he saw it without me.
1: Yeah, I went with my <laughs> partner, and I didn't think she was gonna like it, and she liked it a lot. I'm I've been a fan of Jackass and Viva La Bam and the Dick House and you know the Jeff Tremaine stuff since I was a teenager, so <clears throat> it was exciting to f- it was exciting to finally get to go see a jackass thing in the theater because I never got to see 3D. Um, mm. It wasn't really a big fan at the time, but then I kind of matured into it. And anyway, finally getting to see a jackass movie in the theater, when it first started, I almost started crying. <laughs> and I was like, am I going to fucking cry watching a jackass movie? I did not successfully, but it was just a cool little nostalgia trip for me. Um, sorry, And I'm
0: I had always wanted to watch jackass in the theater because as a kid, Jack occasionally I was allowed to watch jackass. Like, I've loved Jackass since I was allowed to watch it, mm-hmm. and even before I was kind of allowed when I would sneak it, Yeah. but I could never go to the theater because this is back before buying tickets online was a thing, and uh, they would check you at the door.
1: Yeah. Mm. They are very mature content.
0: <laughs> so I had a similar experience going to see it where I'm like, I get to see a fucking Jackass movie of the theater. Yeah. And, you
1: know, Liam I... Didn't even I... Know,
0: I
2: didn't even know there was a new Jackass coming out.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was supposed I've, to come I've, out no, last year. No,
2: Oh yeah. yeah. I've never seen a Jackass movie, so. <laughs> not your not not. Not for the I, I I gathered that, but <laughs> not um, for you. So, I was going to
0: say uh I th- Obviously we liked this movie. Yeah. We thought it was a riot. And I think that this movie hits home the most what I've talked to what I've been saying about Jackass for years where people have always gone off like, "Why do you watch these losers mutilate each other? Like this is stupid. Like why are you?" I'm like, "Yes and yes." <laughs> however
1: that's it that's I, the reason
0: <laughs> but here's the thing is that this movie i think showcases better than any of them jackass is oddly enough kind of genuine yeah it's just a bunch of friends who like to get together and do stunts and pull pranks on each other yeah and like even if they get her they're just a bunch of guys who got together and decided to have some fun that's and it. do what they love and to be honest
1: i find that really endearing the camaraderie, the friendship, everything like that, even despite all the stuff that's happened behind the behind the scenes with Bam Mar- Margera um, and him getting kicked out of the movie because of his abuse problems or drug abuse problems and alcohol abuse problems um, and things like that, you can definitely still see that they care about him and they care about each other. And even though they're kicking each other in the balls and throwing softballs at each other, there's still like a sense of... Of like yeah, camaraderie and friendship behind those nut kicks, right? That <laughs> what a sentence. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I never thought I'd say that. Um,
0: like, hey, Johnny, yeah. want to do the stunt? Nah, we man. What about you? Sure.
1: <laughs> and then, uh, and then you have Preston Lacey shitting himself in a in a in a suit. It's <laughs> funny, but yeah, I lo- all- I liked it quite a lot. I think it'll go into my top four Jackass movies. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: another uh big thing about this one is um that i thought some people would be disappointed by it, but i've heard good things which is it's not just the original crew. Yeah. Yeah, they like, bring, they, bring they bring in a, a lot of new, of new people.
1: people. And then and the new guys it they fit, which i was yeah. i was worried about. I was worried about having these new um jackasses come in and them not understanding what it is and, and being just mean um with their pranks and their stunts and whatever, but they weren't. They were very much uh, like Padawans jackass Padawans being taught by these master jackasses Do uh, They make them have the braid? <clears throat> yeah, well a few of them probably <laughs> did it <laughs> by, on cho- um, by choice, but
0: There's also uh, This is also a fur. I think if I can recall correctly. There's a female there's a woman uh, a part of a crew this time Yeah, that was really cool to see in fact
1: she did one of a uh, Like uh, most un- more uncomfortable studs I could think of with the scorpion. Yeah. Yeah, they they try to give her like lip injections with a scorpion <laughs> oh, She's like sitting um, in a chair, and they just keep like tapping the scorpion. It's like stabbing her in her. the face. Oh,
0: also, God. I'm I'm not gonna get into spoilers, but Christian warned me about this before I went in, and it's true. There's a scene in this movie that's practically a horror film. Yeah, involving being hooked to a chair in a room
1: with a bear. Well, it's in the trailer. Like Dude. it's not really much of a spoiler. Yeah, so they they hook mm-hmm. up one of the dudes to uh to a lie detector test. um, but they also like strap them into the chair and then johnny knoxville covers him in honey and like a bunch of salmon and then and then leaves the room and then they let a bear in and (laughs) it's it's fucking terrifying i was i was
2: gonna say i'm like i feel like there's there's way worse animals to be trapped in a room with than a bear but covered in honey and salmon yeah that's pretty bad yeah it's rough (laughs) there's even (laughs) a point
0: there's even a point where the handler is like yeah, no, we got to get this bear out of here.
1: Yeah, because cause it runs out of, like, honey and salmon, and it starts, like, going to go for his groin and, like, things like that. <laughs> and you can tell that the bear is maybe getting on edge, so he just immediately breaks it and just, like, straps the <laughs> a chain yeah. around his neck, pulls it out, and he's, like, the, the guy that they do, do. his name's Danger Aaron. They come in, and he's, like, obviously traumatized, which is not funny to, like, put somebody through that, but if you did it willingly, I don't know. Anyway, so he's like shaking, and like they come over to him, and he's like flinching away. He's like, "What, what are you gonna fucking do next?" <laughs> but I thought it was, I thought it was funny. Um, yeah, I, I liked it quite a lot. I think it'll go down as, uh, like I said, top four Jackass movies.
0: As uh, an associate of ours wrote on his letterbox, "Just a movie about guys being dudes."
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it. Nice, uh, and nice. then. Probably the most topical thing, as it came out last week, is Liam and I saw the Batman. Wait, we're doing this already? <laughs> yeah. Wait, I'll, I thought we were. Lucas, I thought we were going to go into another one. Lucas says no. Oh, you want to talk about Batman Forever? No. What did you want to talk <laughs> about? Scream. No, nothing. Just,
0: uh, I wasn't sure if it was Lucas's turn or not because we just talked about one.
2: Oh, I just, I, oh, no. don't know. yeah. Christian said, uh, asked, uh, if you, if you could, if you guys could bang oh. out the two things you saw. Yeah. yeah I was going to say,
0: I want to end Batman. I want to end with Batman because I want to talk about another movie we saw together first. You fucking
2: cock Okay. Which is, well, <laughs> we, will, we, we will end with Batman. Gotta, gotta, gotta stick around to the end. <laughs> Give us that YouTube watch time. Yeah. <laughs> this
0: is, uh, there is, uh, so Christian and I saw another movie together. One we were both looking forward to. In fact, um. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, one that, um. We actually talked about on the last episode how I wanted to go to the theater, but since, uh, we have a piss ant running our, running our province, I wasn't safe. Or I didn't feel comfortable going. Uh, Christian and I went to go see, uh, Licorice Pizza, uh, Paul oh, Thomas nice. Anderson's new movie. And before we really get into this. I want to emphasize that there are few filmmakers who I have as much respect for as I do Paul Thomas Anderson. Even when he makes movies I don't love, uh, what is I still love listening to him talk about them and, like, just the contribu and just, like, how, despite how, for the most part, he makes very, like, what could be seen as pretentious art housey dramas, he's always been very, very genuine. Yeah, he's and pretty, always he's pretty um, down to earth. Yeah, and like minute. whenever he talks about it, like uh, he talks about like how he left film school because he there's a film one of his teachers said something like, "If you're just here to make the next Terminator two, then leave." And he's like, "But but Terminator two is a great movie. Like, why <laughs> yeah.
1: are you
2: why are you discrediting this?" I like that movie. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> also, yeah, I gotta, he... I gotta love when a review starts with when no matter what I say afterwards, I do respect the director. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sure you know exactly where this is gonna go.
0: I've got to say, like. This is a very Paul Thomas Anderson movie, but he not in a good way. It did not click the way I uh, the way I hoped it would. Yeah. If I, I were four, if I were like 17 and I saw this movie, I probably would have loved it.
1: Really? That shocked me I don't know I don't agree with that, but
0: I think when I was seventeen, just based on like where the, what this story ends is about and where it goes oh
1: I see yeah, yeah, for sure uh, I just i just be- because it's a fringe opinion, but yeah yeah I just couldn't get onto his wavelength this time around yeah it I am a very big uh p t a fan you two know that I've never hidden that from the show, I've never hid that from anybody. I did not like this movie and it pains me to say that. Um if you were to read my Letterboxd review, you would see and hear why that hurts me. Um because I respect like Liam pretty much just summarizing everything Liam said. I respect him so much as a filmmaker, as a as a, as a person, as a storyteller. Um stepping up and becoming a DOP for all of his own films and things like that. Like, that's a lot of work to manage and handle, and he did it with Liquor's Pizza, and he's done it with the last three three or four movies he's done. And I'll give you this. It's well shot. It's It looks nice. Um, some of the cinematography is just outstanding, but the story is fucking horse shit. It is... <laughs> and, and the thing is, is the people, every single person in this movie is an awful person, and there's no... Um, there's no redemption for it. They just start as a bad person and they end as a bad person. And there's no growth as as people. And I was like that's I sometimes that's okay. Like a horror movie. Like if you go see Leatherface or you go see a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, you're like, oh, I don't want that guy to mature or, and grow. Or
0: if you want a show, or if you want a showcase of like the worst of youth at that time, yeah. like that being uh 1970s um yes. uh Los Angeles.
1: Yeah, and and that's fine, but in you know, a love story is not great. And also, I mean, there's a lot of discourse about this movie being about grooming uh, and things of that nature because Alana. Uh, is so much older than, and um, what's his name again? Fucking Gary. Scary. Uh, She's so much older than him. I think she's like five or six years older than him, which is doesn't sound like a lot when you're in your 30s, but when you're like 16, 15 years old and your love interest is in her 20s, it's a little messed up, right? And th- there's a lot of discourse around that, so I don't really want to talk too much about it because there's a lot of st- videos and, and essays and stuff about it on the internet, so... I will say that's not great, but they don't do anything with it to indicate and show that it's wrong. They or, romanticize the entire thing. They make it seem like it's a perfect, great thing. Aside from her kind of um, uh, being a bitch at times, yeah, basically just pushing him away and trying to tell him like I don't want to be, I don't want to be with you, but then also I'm going to hang out with you all the fucking time and like string you along. Like, it's, it's like, you're a fucking awful person. Anyway, I didn't like it because of a lot of those things. But also, there were set. this movie's two hours long, which doesn't bother me. I've seen a lot of movies that are, like, two hours long. It's just, I think it's just over. It felt like it would, never was going to end. And mm-hmm. that was so frustrating.
0: It felt kind of like, I think part of it is also that it feels like here, PTA might be showing being a slave to his own style. Yeah. Yeah, if it um, was a short like, film,
1: it probably would have done a lot better. And I probably would have a different opinion on it, but...
0: If it were just, like, that first 15 minutes, like, just that 15-minute scene of them meeting and him trying to get her to go on a out on a date with him, mm-hmm. that would have been an excellent short film. It would have been well shot, well put together. Yeah. But, in like, I just don't know what he was trying to accomplish here. Like, was he trying to showcase you for around that time? Was he, uh... Like, because he doesn't frame this story very well.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I didn't like it, and it hurts me to say that. So, well, I'm sorry. That sucks. <laughs> the only word Lucas has said in the past like three minutes. I'm sorry, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I have actually really appreciated that. Thank you, Lucas. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> all right, should we go into individual things sure. now?
2: Uh, so Liam and I have chatted a lot. So you go ahead, Lucas. Sure. Um, so, uh, I guess I will start off with something that's, uh, I consider at least pretty significant. Uh, I watched season one of The Legend of Vox Machina. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is the animated series based on, uh, Critical Role's, uh, first, uh, D&D, uh, campaign, uh, that, that, that they streamed. Uh, and it is surprisingly pretty good. I, I went in with really low expectations, to be perfectly honest. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Cause, like, uh, it is a show produced by eight actors um and it and kickstarted which has you know sometimes it's sometimes it's pretty good sometimes it's it's really bad mm-hmm. but um uh and also based off of a d game uh as as talented as the actors in that show are uh that that just sounded like it was going to be bad it does not sound like a recipe for success at it does all. not it, yeah. it it sounds like a mess it's like ketchup uh, cake
0: it sounds like watching a bunch of people play with toys. When you're like, "Dude, I'm glad you're having fun, but I'm gonna go do something else."
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of what I expected, and uh, I was mostly wrong. Yeah, uh, at least, uh, the action's a lot of fun. The, unsurprisingly, the voice acting is very good. Yeah, <laughs> I would expect I would expect the show pro- produced by voice actors to have good voice acting. So yeah, uh, the animation is beautiful uh and they did a really good job of uh tightening up the story uh and and cutting out excess stuff and like streamline streamlining it streamlining it into like something uh that can be told over the course of uh 12 episodes 12 half hour episodes uh i do have some criticisms of it uh i think it's a victim of the tight script sort of phenomenon that's going on like nowadays where like uh, at least when we were in film school, and I've heard that this advice uh, other places as well. People are always like, All right, make your script as tight as possible, waste as little time as, as you can, and that sort of thing. Right. And that's a pretty good philosophy, especially for people who tend to overwrite. Uh, but I think that people tend to take it a little little too to heart, right. and they cut out any room that the that the um, that like moments breathe. need to like breathe. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, like I was kind of thinking about it earlier. Like uh I was thinking about I don't I don't think you guys have seen this movie but in How to Train Your Dragon there's a lot of moments where the music just carries the scene. Like you like there's no dialogue there's there's some beautiful cinematography and there's some music playing and they communicate a lot just with the music and the cinematography and what's going on in frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and it the and it just gives moments room to like expand and just and just be what they need to be and I feel like um The Legend of Vox Machina suffers a little bit from not having those moments do you think def- it's because amazon was like you get eight episodes uh maybe it's 12 but like uh, um i thought it was shorter. well now. the thing is maybe uh but also i believe amazon bought more than 12 episodes for season two uh because season two's already been greenlit, and they brought 11 million dollars of their own funding that they got from kickstarter uh so like I don't really think funding was an, it was that much of an issue. Maybe the animation was more expensive because it was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, um, yeah, so so it moved a little bit too fast for me at some points, especially in episodes three through six, I think it was. No, it no, was four through seven. Um, or no, four through six, Right. Th- those episodes kind of, kind of felt like nothing really happened, but also it happened all too quickly at the same time. Fair. Uh, but it really picked up after that. Uh, and the first two episodes are very different feel very disconnected from the rest of the season. Because the first two episodes are very they're their own little self-contained adventure. It's about setting up who Fox Machina is and uh who all the members are. And then the ten through twelve are uh, an exploration of the specific character's backstory. Um so and and like they have very different feels. Cause like it goes from uh high octane, uh a bunch of bumblefucks hunting a dragon sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. And and then it goes into Fucking gothic horror revenge story, like <laughs> right. which like both both on their fine great, and I'm sure you can find a way to weave them together. It just it just felt very disjointed. Yeah, fair. Uh, and my last criticism of it is, um, uh, the humor doesn't always land, uh, and at least for me, because they use a lot of the same humor. Uh, they've like the, the show has the same sense of humor as the as the D and D stream does. But like the context of an like a fully produced animated series and a bunch of actors just playing D and D at a table, even if they are performing, is is so different. I don't think the uh, the sense of humor translates through from one to the other all the time. Because there's a lot of poop jokes, a lot of sex jokes, a lot of jokes where, where they're just kind of swearing and that's kind of the joke. Mm-hmm. And like that, can, that, like when you're at a table or around your friends, that can work. That, that's perfectly fine. We've proved, but. It. Yeah, (laughs) but like in an animated, like highly produced, very professional uh, TV show, uh, it doesn't always work. It does sometimes work, but not always. Sometimes it just kind of falls flat. Feels out of place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, but aside from my criticisms, uh, there's a lot of moments I really, really like. A lot of action scenes that are a lot of fun. Uh, I showed you guys uh, one of the action scenes, the one of the dragon fights. Yeah, Nakakai
0: is kind of like that avatar of the Last Airbender kind of energy, and like the way characters mm. move and fight.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and a lot of the uh, a lot of the characters are really well realized, uh, especially the character of Keyleth, who is played by Marisha Ray. She's a half elf druid. But um, in the D and D in the stream, Keyleth was like the most hated character in the entire in, in the show. Uh, and I think part of that is because, uh the first campaign of Critical Role starts halfway through the campaign like they'd already pl- been playing for a couple of years before they started streaming it and they just started streaming their game where it picked up mm. so the audience wasn't privy to a lot of context because keyleth is a very insecure character who's really struggling with like uh confidence and then and, and self-esteem and stuff like that um and apparently in before they started streaming keyleth fucked up really hard a couple times like at some point she like accidentally killed a kid uh during like a battle and stuff like that. So like she had serious, like crippling self-esteem issues. Mm-hmm. Uh and they translate that over to the show, but we're given the full context. And to see her like come into her power by the end of the first season as like you know character arcs work. Uh it's like is like really quite satisfying, especially since a lot of people really hated the character in the stream. Right. Yeah. Is there but, sorry, uh, yeah.
1: is there like a defined main character for it or is it it's Not it is an ensemble? Really.
2: It's it's an ensemble. Um this this um uh this specific season is centered mostly around uh Percy, who is Tales and Jaffe's character. His full name is, is like Percival von Musikowski to Rollo the third or something like that. I think I think I might have missed one of his one of his middle names. But <laughs> uh, so it's like the uh
0: it's like the Dumbledore Edward thing that's yeah, like the yeah, name yeah, is yeah, super yeah. long.
2: Yeah, and, and like th- that's sort of intentional because his character is supposed to be like this rich, rich, pompous prick. Mm-hmm. Um and uh it's it's very much an exploration of his backstory because like he he's, he was, like, nobility, and his family was murdered. You know, very typical d uh backstory. backstory. Um, and then it, it's very much an exploration of that. And uh, so he's sort of the centerpiece, but not really the main character, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, for All sure. All right.
2: Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, Legend of Vox Machina. Pretty solid. I liked it. Cool.
1: <laughs> Uh, I'll, I guess I'll hop on. Um, so one that I wanted to bring attention to because I had brought it up on the last episode um, was that I watched Dexter New Blood, uh, which mm. is the follow-up series to the eight, the Showtime show Dexter, if you didn't know that. Uh, and ultimately, I did really enjoy it. Um, I felt like it earned a lot of its purpose and reasoning for existing just as a, we fucked up. <laughs> Let's try and fix it. <laughs> and the show, the show does a very good job of not just making. Because the thing, even with the the original series, was almost every single episode Dexter kills somebody, right? That's like, it's like a monster of the week kind of thing. He that he has to hunt down this person and he ends up killing them. It's not obviously every single episode, but a mass majority of this of every season he kills like twelve or thirteen people. Um. And in this one, Dexter only kills like three people throughout the runtime of the entire series, uh, miniseries. Uh, they bring back a lot of characters from his past, not the same actor, obviously, but I don't know, p- people from his past and things like that. And the way that the the series unfolds, uh, I remember saying when we were doing the last episode, like Dexter can't do this forever. And they show that <laughs> that. What you're doing is not sustainable, and technology and police work and and crime scene investigation is advanced. <laughs> you're gonna get fucking caught, like. And not especially only that, especially
0: since the show was ended, the show was over, in the years that have come with forensic investigation. Yeah,
1: and on top of that, you can't hold up a ruse like you have for this long without the people that you're close to figuring it out, right? And ultimately the way that things play out, I mean, do you guys care if I spoil it? Are you going to no, watch prob-
2: it? I, I I watched Dexter, but it was a long time ago and I'm, I'm probably not going to watch, uh, new bloods. Fair enough.
1: So Dexter's son, Harrison comes into the series. Uh, and he's kind of like the other protagonist throughout the seat that the, the, the mini series. And Ultimately, what happens is it it seems like Dexter's trying to groom him into becoming, like, the same as him. Because Dexter doesn't necessarily—like, he refers to himself as a serial killer and and all that, but definitely doesn't see himself as, like, Jeffrey Dahmer and Bundy and stuff. Like, he does it because he feels like he has to, rather than doing it because he likes it. I mean, obviously, he definitely does like it. Um, There's some gratification there, but whatever. Um, and so he starts bringing his son into the kill room, which is, there's a, there's this sequence in one of the last episodes, um, where Clancy Brown plays the main villain throughout the season or throughout the, whatever. And Clancy Brown, he's great too. He's really good in the, in, in the series, but, uh, Dexter ends up catching him. They do that. And he brings Harrison down and just shows him what to do. And, like, dismembers the body and, like, does all this shit, like, in front of his son. And I was like, that's so fucked up. I was like, this is, some, this is some great little character moment. And then, ultimately, it doesn't go anywhere because Harrison kind of mm. chooses, like, no, you're fucked up. This ain't right. <laughs> um, and then, inevitably, uh, Dexter gets found out. He, they uh, His girlfriend at the time or, or during the, ser- the series finds out that he's the Bay Harbor butcher from Miami. He's killed, like, hundreds of people, this, that, and the other thing. And eventually... They try to run away, and Harrison's, like, not having it. And Dexter's like, okay, shoot me. (laughs) Just do it. Just just fucking, this is not going to go well. So Harrison kills Dexter. And there's this really great little monologue at the end where he's basically saying, like, just don't fucking be like me, please. Like, just go live your life. And it's really endearing. Which is weird to say about a guy who's who's a serial killer. But the the one thing <laughs> that I, I, I liked about the show is that it doesn't humanize him as much as the original series did, where you're almost like meant to cheer for him most of the time. And part of that is because when the show the original showrunner left, um and then was replaced, that guy kinda just tried to make him like the hero or whatever. But the original showrunner came back for this this season or this series and was just like, no, did you forget (laughs) this guy's not a good dude? (laughs) (laughs) He's a fucking serial killer. He's a piece of shit. Like, let's just, let's make, let's treat him like that. And they did a really Mm -hmm. good job of like elaborating on that and and whatever. So yeah, I enjoyed it enough. Um, yeah, I hope this is it. It should not be, there should not be any more Dexter. (laughs) I mean, considering what you told us, there isn't more Dexter. There could, They could run something with Harrison or whatever. (laughs) You you know how TV and Hollywood and shit works. But if if they continue, and what they probably would do is like have Harrison be a serial killer and have Dexter as his inner monologue like they did with Harry throughout the series. Mm. Um, Ever since
0: uh, Dexter broke onto the scene and became an acclaimed TV show, Dexter was never going to end. It's the same way Star Wars was never going to end once A New Hope broke all kinds of new ground. yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway, that's Dexter New Blood. William. All right.
0: All right. Um this one I know Christian also watched, but I watched uh Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. Um the uh spin- the James Gunn written and directed spin-off to the Suicide Squad with uh John Cena's character. Mm-hmm. And overall I enjoyed it, but there is part of me that starts to think that so, I said with J- with uh, PTA that I think he might be a little too into himself or his own style. I, as much as I enjoyed the show, I am kind of starting to see that with James Gunn a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, this time around, like, Peacemaker is still very much the same character, but he's a lot more doofy. Like, he kind of has a little bit more of, like, that Star-Lord dumbass vibe, but it ramped up to 11. Well, at least the difference here is that they call him on it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um. It does have James Gunn's love for music and dance numbers, like unironically the best part of his show is its opening credits.
1: And it's it's a no skip; you want to watch it every single time. It it's yeah, it's
0: like a crazy like actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf like stage production, the fucking uh, fucking shitty hair metal music.
2: Okay, I need I need to look this up after the show. That sounds. Um, I'm shocked you haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah, but no,
0: um. (laughs) Essentially, Peacemaker wakes up after um, he was taken out in the Suicide Squad. And uh, he's now, uh, what is it? And now Amanda Waller has sent her daughter and uh, so the two of the people operating in the control room in the movie to do essentially Task Force X's B-team, which is go deal with an undercover threat in a small town. Well, Pe- Peacemaker comes to terms with the fact that what he was raised to believe and what he's... on and. What he's been brought up with is not good. Like uh, the T one thousand plays his dad in this show. Mm-hmm. Robert Patrick. Um, and yeah, right. his yeah, Robert Patrick plays um his father, uh, who is a uh, leader of, who is a uh a supervillain and leader of all white supremacist group, known as the <laughs> white dragon.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you this, Lucas, his suit is very cool which it's sucks very to say power about
0: rangers, a... it's very power rangers Rangersy, but it's pretty sweet yeah it sucks to um, say
1: that about a mega racist
0: also um <laughs> peacemaker reconnects with a friend of his with a friend of his who uh would sometimes go out and fight crime and just like kill people with him at night a quick-witted sociopath named vigilante who is probably me if i were so if i were dangerous Liam, <laughs>
1: um, if he was a superhero and killed people, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, essentially they go
0: out and they kill people who they think are bad, and then they go out and they go out to the woods and just shoot guns, drink beer, and blow up whatever they can find. Yeah,
1: you also but, you, you you neglected to uh, mention the breakout character of the entire oh, series. Yes,
0: and pe- and we are introduced to Peacemaker's pet and sidekick, which is an eagle <laughs> named Eagly. <laughs>
1: He's and it's a very he's a very good boy.
0: (laughs) Um, But so, yeah, so in case you can't tell, the show's a lot of fun and like has a great sense of humor about itself. And uh, what is it? I believe the Cosmonaut Variety Hour said this, but I absolutely agree, which is James Gunn knows how to perfectly end his stories Mm -hmm. like his last. um, Whenever he does his endings, they always perfectly encapture what the point of what you just watched was. Yeah. Like in, um, like Yondu's funeral in Guardians 2, or, um, in The Suicide Squad, Idris Elba just... Them just getting picked up and him just petting the rat. Um, biggest problem with this show is that... James Gunn lets his actors ad-lib or screw around too long. Like, it's a fucking funny factory. Um, like, uh, to a point where it becomes exhausting or, like, you feel bad because you laughed at a joke. But it's, um... Uh, what is it? But then it keeps going, and then you feel bad for laughing.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm. Um, like there's one bit in particular where John Cena's going off to um one guy ranting and raving about like all these people they could have framed instead of his dad, and it goes on for almost like five
1: minutes. No. The the, go- well, the it... post credit scene does. Oh, it the goes. Post- on... The post credit scene is like an outtake, and it it just oh. goes on for fucking.
0: Hours. Either way, it goes on for a long time. And there are also just some of those uh things that like what I was happy the Suicide Squad mostly avoided, which is sometimes the jokes are way too shock jockey. Yeah. And they work for Peacemaker, because he's a big dude, bro, but there are a point where I'm like, but it's at sometimes it feels like did James Gunn just write this show so he could get away with a bunch of crude, uh, uh what is it, uh shock jockey jokes? That sounds nothing <laughs> like James Gunn. Um, but, <laughs> and uh um, but on the other hand, uh, all the action is really good. Um, like you, it's clearly like I've come to realize that when James Gunn is shoot, is actually shooting with a camera on a set with actors, his action is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's very kinetic. It's almost kind of like, it kind of has almost like at times like that John Woo or old boy kind of energy. Yeah, I would agree. Um, but no, uh, the show definitely, uh, it's pretty good overall. Again, it's just a little uneven with like, again, like I kind of want to see James Gunn break away from his trademarks a little bit more.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: Very. But very yeah, no. Yeah.
1: Uh, he's, he's kind of falling into like an auteur kind of thing where it's just yeah. like, it's like you're always going to, you know, when you see a James Gunn thing, you know it's a James Gunn thing. Yeah. Oh, and I will say this, that, uh, John Cena's great here. Mm-hmm. In
0: fact, I feel like Peacemaker is perfect for him because it's a role John Cena was born to play so he can't possibly fuck it up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's incredibly um, true.
0: Um, In fact, the whole cast is great. Um, Some characters in the Suicide Squad get more to do, like uh, those being like, uh, what's uh, the name of uh, Steve Agee's character? Economist. Yeah, Economist John, and uh, Harcourt economy. are in the show a fair bit. I liked uh, Amanda Waller's daughter quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's fantastic. Um, and uh, there's also like um, James Gunn has an ability to take like really obscure characters and make them work in the context. Like there's a character in this show called fucking Judo Master. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and he's
0: just a, and he's like just a... like a five foot guy who likes Cheetos and is really good at judo. <laughs> and
1: just, yeah, and, and the and the entire storyline is that they're basically trying to hunt down and take out these things called butterflies which is just like an alien race that comes to to earth um but that the way that it it plays out is very silly um but it feels really serious as as well um but yeah echoing pretty much everything liam said john cena is the fucking man i i (laughs) love that guy I, and you know what's funny? I've heard a lot of criticisms from people I know um, who are just like, oh, well, he was, he was awful in The Suicide Squad. And I was like, okay, that's the fucking point. <laughs> like, he's, he's at this point in his life, before he goes to the hospital, um, at the end of the movie and wakes up in Peacemaker, his entire life has just been, I'm like essentially a racist assassin. And I will fight and for justice and peace in the American flag. A, a whole thing about
0: this actually is that, um, he really, he actually really, what Rick flag said
1: to him after he killed him really stuck with him. Yeah. Peacemaker like, What a joke. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, it does, it does really hit him. And they flash back to that several times throughout the series, uh, showing you that he is, he is affected and he does feel guilt and he does feel remorse from it. Um, but yeah, when you see him in the, in the Suicide Squad, he is supposed to be a fucking piece of shit. He is He's kind of to- like the ultimate embodiment of lawful evil. And John even brought up, he's just like, yeah, but you can't say he was being a good actor in that movie. And I was like, yeah, because he's fucking John Cena. But- <laughs> and he was outclassed by a lot of actual good actors there. Exactly. But you mm-hmm. can't say he was bad. Like, John Cena... did what he needed to do. And then as Peacemaker goes on, yes, he does get better in Peacemaker and his performance gets much better, but that's also because you're doing a television series and there's time to grow and mature with a character. When you're on set and you're doing a movie, you're probably in a lot of those times you're not on set for a couple days or whatever. So how are you going to like actively be working on it? And when you're doing a TV series, you're probably there every single fucking day and you get to practice and you get to rehearse and you get to hone your craft i'm not saying television is always better than than movies but i'm just saying for john cena specifically it worked incredibly well um it
0: very much worked in his favor yeah
1: it got a season two as well so i'm excited oh. to see that nice. yes
0: yeah. um in fact um one thing i'm starting to realize about uh uh what do you call it um is war with warner's is uh, a comic book or dc uh thing is that i like for. If this past little bit has been any indication, I think I like their business I like their business model more than the MCUs. Yeah. Which is they're not focused on doing a bunch of uh, crossovers or like a uh, connection stuff. They get creative people, give them their own little corners or creative spaces to make what they want and do their own little tie-ins in-house and not worry about what the other guys are doing. Yeah. Anyway, nice. is that right it for on. Peacemaker? Yeah, that's about all I got to say
1: ahead. Cool. I guess,
2: uh, my turn? Yep. No. Um, I watched, uh, Arcane, the, uh, League of Legends TV show on Netflix. Oh, yeah. I have heard it's again, good. Again, uh, what was that?
0: I have heard good things.
2: Yeah, uh, again, <laughs> something that I, 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 when I heard about it, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to watch that. Fuck League of Legends. Uh, and then, like, I saw the, I saw the trailer, I some I saw some stills, and I'm like, okay, that, it, like, just from an aesthetics point of view, it looks fucking amazing. Yeah. Maybe I'll give it a shot, and then I still waited a couple months, or like a month or so, and then I finally got around to watching it, and like, it is actually really good. It is surprisingly good. Like that's 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 the theme of the stuff I watched uh, recently. Apparently, it's like I thought it was gonna be bad, but then it was actually okay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you're just not like, bitter.
1: I don't know. Maybe, maybe you I lost don't know.
2: your bitterness. Um, I mean, you did get uh, you did,
0: did did get diagnosed with being allergic to cynicism, so maybe <laughs> yeah, that's all out of you.
2: Maybe. But um, it, it's uh, it stars a bunch of like the of the League of Legends champion League of, Le- League of Legends champions, and I'm not going to talk about that because I don't know anything about it. I played League of Legends a couple times when it came out back, like when I was in high school, but like I quickly just lost interest and stopped. Caring Same about here. It. I probably played yeah.
1: three matches, and I was like, "This is yeah. not fucking for me."
2: <laughs> my I, I played it a, a couple times because like my brother was really into it, and I was trying to like play games with him and stuff. I'm like, "This this isn't for me." Yeah. But um. But yeah, uh for, first off just the animation is gorgeous. Like I've seen very few things that look as good as Arcane does. And one of the reasons I think uh it looks so good is because um it's a com- it's actually a combination of 3D animation and 2D animation. Mm-hmm. Like the core of it is 2D and then to give it like its flair and like uh to add details and stuff they they draw on it as well with a uh, 2D animation. Um and it has it has a really unique look, has a really unique style. And, like, the fight scenes are so fluid and kinetic. Uh, it's, 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 I don't know how they do it, but, like, there's one character, that, one of the main characters, uh, Vi, she's, like, a boxer. And I don't, I don't know anything about boxing, but it I, it feels very, very real. So I think they, like, paid a lot of attention to, like, how real boxers move and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and occasionally it does get, like, a little silly with, like, uh, the, the giant fucking weapons and stuff oh, yeah. like that. But, like, I mean, it's a video game. That's series, also anime-inspired sensibilities that are inevitable. That is true. That is true. Uh, and also, that's also just my sensibilities. I like things to be a little bit more uh, down to earth, generally. So when I see someone wielding like this hammer that's taller than they are, <laughs> I'm like, "You're gonna drop that. You can't swing it properly. You're Unless fucked." You're I, don't give, I don't Isn't it still so <laughs> fucking
0: cool, Lucas? <laughs> no,
2: <laughs> it looks stupid. <laughs> Why would
0: you want to live in reality?
2: I like reality. <laughs> But like when I see like in like the Final Fantasy stuff, like Cloud with the giant Buster Sword, I'm like, you can't swing that. What are you gonna do with that? Yeah. Like you, not only they're like, oh yeah, he's super strong. I'm like, cool. Is he like is he like 500 pounds? Because that's the only way he's gonna be able to swing that. <laughs> so why is it you're I'm okay own. with me in? Dungeons and dragons having two fists that float around. Because and... it's magic and like you're okay. you're not wielding a stupid large weapon. You're summoning magical fists. It's just, different. Just to spite <laughs> you, I'm gonna try and get a really big weapon. I'm not gonna give you a really Damn big man, weapon. Damn it I forgot no. about that. <laughs> I'm, in I know. I'm pretty
0: sure if we all peer pressure Lucas enough, he'll be like
2: fine. Maybe, and then I'll give you a giant weapon, and then you'll have disadvantage on every strike, and also minus five to like your attack rolls. And but stuff what like if that. it's Rogmar? And since so Rogmar has a—he's a big guy. He can wield a big weapon. And then if you if you somehow becomes uh, a size larger than medium, if you become large, you might be able to wield a larger weapon, but. <laughs> All right. Anyway, <laughs> but like th- that's that's just my personal that's that's a personal. Yes, thing yes,
0: right. Lucas. We've all known you've been prudish and a bit of a square for a while. But <laughs> hey, just because it's true, it doesn't mean you can say it, <laughs> <laughs> Mister. I
2: love fantasy, but it needs to be real. Man. It has to be grounded, man. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the uh the character like a lot. There's a r- lot of really good character work in Arcane. Uh, the, the like, most of the acting is really good. Uh, the only actor I'm familiar with that was from the show, uh, Haley Steinpo- Steinfeld plays Vi. All the other names, I'm looking at who's a list that? right now. Who's Haley? Yeah, Scott? who's that? I don't know. But, um, all the other actors, <laughs> I don't recognize any of the names. Uh, but like, all the like the acting was really good. Uh, I, I, it does suffer a little bit. Also, same as, same as Vox Machina, where it's just so, sometimes. They just needed like 10 more minutes per episode and like, it would have been, it would have elevated it so much. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's generally really, really good. I was, I was quite surprised, uh, with how much heart it has, how much character it has, and just how, like, in the fights, I don't, I don't usually go back and watch fight scenes. Uh if there's a if there's a scene in a show I I go back to is it, something that had like a significant impact on me. Mm-hmm. Like one, one scene I, I go back and watch a lot is from Rise of the Planet of the Apes, the moment where Caesar says no. Yeah. Uh, that's a scene I, I, I revisit all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't usually revisit fight scenes, but uh I've I've revisited several fight scenes from uh Arcane like really frequently since I watched it. So I was I was quite surprised with uh how good it was. Cool.
1: Yeah. Is that it for Arcane? That's that's it for Arcane. All right. Uh, one that I wanted to bring up, uh, it, it's another one that Liam also saw, uh, so it'll be good for me to pass the torch off to him. Is uh, Scream, the new yes. the new Scream movie. Uh, oh, there's a new one. Yeah, Scream Five. Uh, it's just called Scream.
0: Or, yeah, because that's what we need to like Halloween, Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
1: Yeah, and <clears throat> the thing the thing with Scream though, <laughs> why it works is because it's meta and satire. Sorry, I'm sorry. <clears throat> I had to clear my throat. Um, and I have been clearing my throat throughout this episode, but only Liam and Lucas have heard it, because I fucking mute it. <laughs> so take that, viewer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. You don't get to hear my- Christian's coughs. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, because I had COVID. I don't know if I told anybody on that. Yeah, it sucked. Mm. Anyway, I'll move on past that. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, Scream. Um. I really, really enjoyed it. I yep, think I, in, I enjoyed it a lot as well. I think it's probably like my second favorite scream movie all overall. Uh, maybe third because for me, it definitely goes third one, for me. Yeah, it definitely goes one, four, five, uh, two, three. Um, three being obviously the worst scream movie, uh, but as we all know. Uh, no reason to get into that. But the new one, <laughs> uh, why well, I appreciated it so much is because it, of its self awareness, which oftentimes can be quite eye rolling, um,
0: especially now in an age where everything needs to be like, "See, we're smart because we're in on the joke, and you guys are so smart for being in on this joke."
1: Yeah, yeah. It it. But the thing is, Scream has always been meta. Um, that's just it, the the point of it all. And even though this one does make some. Very silly choices um, by bringing back characters uh, from earlier films. And how (laughs) they're in the movie is very peculiar and odd. Um, But it works at the same time. Um, So I wasn't mad about it. Uh, I remember the first time I saw one of these characters. I think, Liam, you know kind of what I'm getting at. Um, Yeah. But the first time I saw you see one of these characters, you're like, what the fuck? Why are you here? <laughs> you, there's no, re- you physically should not be able to be here, <laughs> right? And then they explain why and how, or whatever. But anyway, um, yeah, it's it's I would call it it's it's a legacy sequel, um, a requill. Um, they even use these words. They
0: talk a lot. There's a lot of talk here about like a uh, the requill or uh kind of like sequel reboot thing, mm-hmm. like what we saw with um Jurassic World or the Force Awakens. Um, But in the end, the whole thing, like, because when I heard this was announced, I was like, where do you really go with Scream anymore? I thought you, I'm like, oh, oh, we're going, we're doing something that's become more and more topicable lately, or topical lately. And, uh, but the, uh, what is it, but also goes back to what inspired the original Scream, Mm -hmm. which is the idea of dangerous and toxic
1: fandoms. Yeah. And they do it pretty well, actually. Very, very well. I would, I would argue, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, um, and 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 it's like we've, I've already said, it's very self-aware about those things. And when the reveal occurs, they even explain, like, yeah, no, we know what we are, <laughs> you know, and like that doesn't really spoil anything. But it's just like, yeah, no, we we know, we know we're we're not the best. And uh, fuck you, everybody's gonna die now. <laughs> so
0: I also <laughs> will say that this is not the. Uh... This is def- definitely a Wes Craven imitation direction. Yeah, but it works well enough. Like, I didn't feel like they tried to definitely Craven inspired, but I didn't feel like they tried to maim his style. Yeah, not at all. Um, like, yeah. It's, they it's... definitely did keep what Craven's always done with the Scream movies, which is kind of shoot them initially like shitty Lifetime movies, and then because that's always been a thing with Scream. Like at the surface, it's like oh, it's a shitty uh, film you'd see on T- oh you'd see on a uh, Slice or whatnot, right? But then, like uh, the crazy gore and stuff starts happening, you're like, "Oh, this is what's going on."
1: It is. lately like, Liam brought up the gore. It's the goriest Scream movie that they.
0: Uh, I out. wouldn't say it's the most gory. I'd say it's the most violent. Like consistently sure. violent.
2: Sure. Are are the Scream movies particularly gory? I don't really yes. remember any. They, are they? They can be for sure. I've seen I've seen one through three, and I don't remember any like particularly gory scenes. It's mainly like, a lot blood. of blood. Yeah. Yeah, there's lots of blood, but I don't know if I consider that gory. That's fair. Yeah, like it's this one, one um it, it's I, consistently violent, but it's
0: not as bloody, I will say.
1: Yeah. Mm. I think that's a good point. Yeah, I guess I guess none of the screen movies are really gory. They're they're all not five, gory unless I see some entrails, man. Which you were actually originally <laughs> so in the in the first movie, you were originally supposed to see it. So when at the very yeah. beginning when um Drew Barrymore gets killed, um there's there and you can see this deleted scene on the internet, like it exists where she's hanging from a tree. Um, but it's by her own entrails, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty fucked up. Um, but anyway, that doesn't, th- you um, see none of that. I, But yeah, like Liam said, the violence, but the violence is much more real <laughs> and they, they linger on things for almost an uncomfortable amount of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how I showed Lucas, I showed you that scene from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood at the end there. Mm-hmm. And you were, I remember just kind of looking at your face and you're like, holy shit.
2: <laughs> like, I didn't warn was, you. That was mo- <laughs> that was, well, that was mostly because, like, I have a thing about, like, head violent like violence happening to people's heads. Yeah. But also mm-hmm. just, like, how long it went on. It's like this person was clearly dead and he's still, like, hitting his head. I'm mm-hmm. like, you could, you can stop. You can stop now.
1: <laughs> um, in this, in Scream, however, the, the, like I said, it does linger and, and there's some shit that's like, okay, you can stop now. <laughs> like, please stop, please move on. But I was like, I'm okay with it. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: I will also say that the entire cast back, uh, was, they all fall right back into their their roles. In fact, there's actually a really powerful scene, a really sweet scene with, uh, David Arquette and, uh, Courtney Cox mm-hmm. where, like, you can tell that they're, because they were married for a number of years, you could tell that they're kind of pulling from that and how they perform the scene. Yeah. And it actually does feel very genuine. Mm-hmm. You're um, talking
1: outside of the house there.
0: Yeah, and David mm-hmm. Arquette is kind of doing, like, this whole, like, Harrison Ford in um in Force Awakens kind of a thing, but it works. It's not in a way where it feels like an imitation performance. Mm-hmm. Um, If there were any negatives I did have, Um, it's that, um, I don't think it was as funny as it could have been. Sure. I, I, yeah, I agree with that. And, um, lastly, um, for the most part, I was doing pretty good about not being able to call anything, but about five minutes before the reveal, yeah, I called it. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's
1: the same in a lot of those movies
0: is. I think it was just a shame coming off of a fourth one where I didn't call it at all.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, so that's Scream for me liam i guess you kind of also just talked about scream so you, lucas hmm. do you want to go yep how many do you have how, how many more do you have left lucas i have i have i have a whole bunch i could go all night oh <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm just getting hot and feel like i might <laughs> need yeah. to take a break at some yeah. point f- no f- worries no worries Amber I, like, f- I don't have to talk
2: about everything hammer if you and ven christian i will cap it all right sounds good that's uh, fair. i i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about what uh one i'll talk about two right now one of them uh, I won't talk about it too much because I know I've talked about it a lot on the show. I don't think I've talked about the finale though, and that is of course the Expanse. It's 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 my favorite book series and one of my favorite shows, but uh, it is over. The yeah, yeah, yeah. the series finale, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the series finale has aired, and the last book uh, I finished reading. The last book. Now there's a hole in my life, and <laughs> that sucks. I'm seeking something to fill it. No, it was it was good though. Um, see the the season finale of the show was 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 good. Was pretty good. Um, uh, but does leave things hanging. And for people who haven't read the books, I, I imagine that, w- that was pretty frustrating. Yeah. Cause they, they introduce a lot of elements. They even go as far as to introduce like the villain for the last three books or like one of the villains for the last three books. But like, he's just there for a couple episodes. Hmm. So like, it, it feels like they're really trying to go for a season seven, but they haven't announced anything about that yet. And Amazon has said they're not doing a season seven and, and, I understand why there's lots of logistical reasons why that would be difficult, um, but overall, uh, the Expanse is is uh, I really 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 like it. The final book is also very good, and uh, I really I really like the philosophy of the Expanse as well and what they try to portray. And there's a quote actually. One sec. I think I might have read this quote to Liam at some point. I don't know if I've read it to Christian. But you read this, it this... to myself and Dan. Oh, I read it to you and Dan. Okay. But there's a quote uh, in the final pages of it that kind of sums up the themes of The Expanse. Uh, And it's one of the characters saying, I absolutely believe that people are more good on balance than bad. All the wars and all of the cruelty and all all of the violence, I'm not looking away from any of that. And I still think there's something beautiful about being what we are. History is soaked in blood. The future probably will be too. But for every atrocity, there's a there's a thousand small kindnesses that no one noticed, a hundred people who spent their lives loving and caring for each other, and a few moments of real grace. And I got emotional reading that. Is that how the 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 book ends? That was the last. Uh, No, that's those are the final words of of a specific character. Ah. But um, uh, well not not actually no, those aren't the. Those aren't the final words. That was some of the final words. Uh, his final words are someone asks him, "Are you sure uh, are you sure this is the right thing to do?" And he says, "I have no fucking idea." <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Which is a huge character arc for that character as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I love the expanse, and it's over now, and I'm sad about that, but I also I'm just glad that it existed. so well yeah. uh, and...
0: Lucas, as as mm-hmm. like the man once said, "A thing isn't beautiful." Because it lasts.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I, I was already a little bit emotional. Now I'm more emotional. Uh, uh And uh, the, one, one more thing I want to talk about is I watched, uh, I think I already talked about season one of Daredevil, but I watched seasons two and three of Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, and I also watched watch The Defenders, but we don't need to talk about that. No.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Lucas and I have been talking
2: on and off about uh, Daredevil lately. Mm-hmm. And overall, I really, really like Daredevil. Um I hate half of season two.
0: (laughs) I mean, even then it's like, it's not awful. It's just so unengaging compared to everything else.
2: Yeah. Well, I think the reason I kind of hate it is not because it's really bad, but because the other stuff that's happening in season two is so good. Like everything involving Frank Castle and his trial and that side of the story. I'm just like, yeah, I love that. Give me that. And then they go back to the fucking Electra and Hand bullshit. And I'm like, I don't like this. Get it and out.
0: It feels and like the... the writers didn't even want to write the stuff of the Hand and, they were, and Elektra. Mm-hmm. They were just obligated, which is a
2: shame because that stuff is interesting in the comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, which uh, was really frustrating. But then we got to season three and oh my God, I love season three so much because uh, my favorite part of season one was Wilson fisk mm-hmm. how he's like this huge intimidating really intelligent villain but also this really awkward person mm-hmm. yeah 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 <laughs> just like kind of kind of off-putting and just kind of weird and awkward and I kind of I just love like and and like sort of in a way that that would be that would not be intimidating if he weren't as big as he is and as and as savage as he can be um and fuck, I loved Wilson Wilson Fisk so much in season 3. I'm like a full Wilson Fisk stand at this point. He does. (laughs) The way, like, the fucking cat and mouse game he's playing with the heroes, and like...
0: It becomes uh, like The Departed with Daredevil.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's so cool, and it's so good. Uh, And I was just really stoked, and like, they introduce, um... I know know his his supervillain name, but I keep forgetting his real person name. Dex, that's it, Dex. Uh I, I really liked his addition. I think some of the choices they made regarding him were really really cool. Uh is he he was Bullseye? like a person Yeah, Bullseye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh and like he is a person who is like some severe uh uh, uh mental like issues. Um where uh, I, I don't I don't think they ever actually like diagnosed him with anything They specific. say
0: something they just uh, his psychologist writes down but he has like very uh like so uh what is it either like psychopathic
2: tendencies or Yeah,
0: like yes yeah, psychopathic um, tendencies or may and a potential personality disorder
2: yeah 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 and like uh they're they're never they're never specific about what he has which i think is probably a good thing mm-hmm. um but like dex is always making an effort to like be better but like it, like he, his his issues are so uh difficult and he's like uh and also being manipulated by fisk and everything um, that, like, yep. it's, it's, it's really, really difficult for him. And then whenever he's having, like, a severe episode, something I really, really loved was they added the sound of, like, like a swarm of bees. Oh, cool. Like, buzzing. As, yeah, yeah, buzzing around his head. Like, it's, it's it's such a cool, just subtle, like, sound design choice that like, added so much to the series. And season three of Daredevil might be one of my favorite pieces of, like, superhero media. Oh, yeah. like, like, up there with, like, Into the Spider-Verse and stuff like uh- that.
0: In fact, uh I was going to say here's one thing I was thinking about with uh Matt Murdock and uh it and Wilson Fisk and one thing this show does amazingly is the parallels between the two. Mm-hmm. Notice mm-hmm. how Matt Murdock never apologizes. Despite being the hero, while Fisk <laughs> he, is apologizing he, like, at every yeah, chance yeah. he gets.
2: Matt Matt does that's sort of Matt's character arc largely is like he does have to apologize at some point because he's been kind of, kind of terrible to his friends throughout most of the series yeah but like um like yeah he, he never really apologizes and yeah, you're right Fisk is especially to Vanessa he's just constantly apologizing uh but yeah I, I really loved Daredevil season three. I liked season one I was like that was that was really good. I half loved half hated season two, but season three I'm like that's my shit that's fucking awesome. And now
0: Lucas has seen once again when I get recommend shows to him why I like this shit.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you had
1: seen it before,
2: so Luke. Yeah, Lucas oh, I hadn't. It. I hadn't seen Daredevil. No. Oh, what? Really? Oh, okay. No, this, this was my first time. I, I had seen the first episode. Oh, uh, and, and 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 it just it just didn't grab me at all. I at thought it was time, a complete rewatch. Reason. Okay, I was no, I hadn't. I um... hadn't watched. Uh, I the, I'd only seen season uh, episode one of season one. Oh, and we and, talked like, about that episode. Like, Right. yeah and I was idea. like that's I don't know it seems just kind of a, like a basic like sort of cop procedural sort of thing except yeah. with a superhero so I was like yeah I don't think that's for me oh, but uh, I gave it another try and I'm glad I did one other thing I was going to know with Dex
0: before we move on is um, is it weird that he kind of reminded me a little bit of Lou Bloom particularly <laughs> the way he talks a little bit like because everything he says is very clearly rehearsed and like mm-hmm. he's uh mm-hmm. Like just learn from self help or whatnot, but and when he says it, like he's putting it on, but he just isn't getting it.
2: Hmm. Uh, what was the actor's name who played um Rick Flag in the Suicide Squad? Joel Kinnaman. Yeah. Joel Kinnaman. That's it. I kept thinking that was Joel Kinnaman who was playing Dex. Like I know it wasn't, but no, it was know, but one of reason, like and I was like, oh, it's Joel Kinnaman. No, it's not. Wait, <laughs> it was actually
0: one of the two hundred actors who auditioned for Captain America. Oh, ah, really? There you
2: go. Hmm. <laughs> He was he was great. Uh and yeah, Daredevil season three. I I as, they leave a cliffhanger, but of course uh, it was cancelled because of the whole Marvel Netflix kerfuffle. Yeah, and but I have a
0: feeling if it comes back on Disney Plus, it's gonna suck.
2: There's like uh there there's an interview with Charlie Cox recently where he said that he's open to a Daredevil like uh season four with uh or like just a Daredevil reboot with uh Disney Plus. But he said uh he doesn't want it to be any he doesn't want it to be like PG thirteen or less like he was like this this show doesn't work like in in that sort of world.
1: I and, and, and I mean if you if uh, Moon Knight is going to be any indication of what they can do with grittier characters, I think that should ease a lot of people's nerves because mm-hmm. Feige's even said like, "Oh no, it's not going to be like Hawkeye. Like this is going to be bloody and real
2: and gritty." And yeah. so I, I mean, think it there's a lot need, of potential. It, Yeah, but I I think people, like, mistake the, even if he does get the darker tone that he wants, like, people tend to mistake, like, uh, dark with just, like, violent. Yeah, yeah. Like, Daredevil is violent, but it's
0: more so dark because it deals with actual mature subject matter.
2: Exactly, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's Daredevil uh, seasons two and three. Cool. Is that everything you wanted to talk about? (laughs) Uh, those those are the main two things that I want to knock out before you guys. Uh, there, the Every everything else I want to talk about. Uh, well, there's one one series, but the rest is just books. So okay, <laughs> so we'll then Liam and I will wrap up the episode
1: with our or this part part of the episode with our thoughts and feelings on Matt Reeves's The Batman. The Batman. Uh,
0: this we is... all went so it, Christian and I went with um the two of us. Uh, Tanya, John, Dan, and another friend of ours. So this was like a big outing for all of us. Yep.
2: I was, I was, I was invited. So yeah. to, <laughs> yes, you were. I, just, I was working. I was working that night. You were yes. invited. I was
0: kind of hoping you wouldn't come cause he's not
2: cool enough. <laughs> that was really mean. I'm
0: kidding. Cyber That's not bully. how I phrase it.
1: <laughs>
0: um, you're a fucking cyber but, bully. Yeah. But no, uh, we, uh, so, it goes without saying that Christian and I both love Batman. Yeah. In fact, my parents have often described that. Uh, I've asked my parents, "Where does my Batman obsession come from?" They say, "I don't know. It's almost like you just came out of a womb and uh, you love Batman." <laughs> <laughs> just comes out of the womb. His first words, I'm
1: Batman. I, just I even <laughs> told. Oh, he's coming out of the womb, and he's like,
0: "One of our patrons <laughs> can even attest to this. That like, uh, does one of our patrons on here has known me since I've been like, since I was like seven years old." And she's even said, like, when I told her I was getting a Batman tattoo, she was like, Liam, if there's anybody who would ever get a fucking Batman tattoo, it's you. So yep. I'm just covering my bases here because that can't be ignored when I go into something like this. Yeah, that's
1: reasonable. Um, um I, I'm just going to say it outright right now. I fucking loved every single moment of it. Um, <laughs> what? No. It, it, no. It, it just, is, it, it's very good. It is. I was an automatic five stars for me. Um, I On Letterboxd, I liked it. I was just like, holy shit. Um, that's, this is my goddamn Batman movie. <laughs> you know, like, um, The Dark Knight, great movie. Um, the original but... Batman from 89, pretty good movie. But, th- th- like... The thing is, is I understand, and I think I've seen a lot of videos and a lot of discourse recently about it um, after seeing the movie. It's okay to 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 have a Batman movie that's for you. And I think saying it's better than The Dark Knight is not, it's not true. I just liked it more than The Dark Knight because well, it just felt like this was my Batman movie. Well, like even it was as made a, for
0: me. I've always said The Dark Knight is one of the greatest movies ever made. But it's not a great it's not the great the greatest Batman movie. It's like Batman's movie. probably like the third most interesting character in the movie. It's a Joker movie. Yeah, Joker. It's more about a Joker and Harvey Dent and Gordon than it is about Batman. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, let's face it, nobody came out of that movie talking about how great Batman was. And in fact, uh, one thing I've noticed about the Nolan trilogy, thinking back in retrospect, is that it's not really what I think of when I think Batman. Like, cause let's face it. This is Bruce Wayne talking about the idea of Batman. Like, what does it mean to be a symbol like Batman? Like even by halfway through the dark Knight, he doesn't even really want to do it anymore. Um, when I've always seen Batman as somebody who in his own subconscious refers to himself as fucking Batman, not Bruce Wayne. Yeah, exactly. Um, this movie, Batman is absolutely the main character. I don't know if there's a single scene that goes by that he's not in with the exception of maybe one.
1: Yeah, like he but he's prominently there in nearly every single scene. Even when Batman's not there, he's still there, <laughs> you know? Like the essence the the thinking that he's in the shadows or things like that. Like he's still there, he's still present. Um Um Yeah, no, um there's also uh um
0: it's a very long movie, but toward until maybe the last 20 minutes or so I wasn't really feeling the length. No. Mainly just because when you get start to give over, there's a couple of, like, maybe false endings or whatnot.
1: Yeah, Um. For sure. Uh, you, so, in terms of the, the runtime for me, I had a very opposite reaction to a lot of people. Where they're like, oh my god, it didn't need to be this long. You could shave off 30 minutes and it would be perfect. And I was like, well, one, what would you fucking cut from this movie? Please tell me what you would cut from this movie. Like, I'm mad at you for saying that. But two... <laughs> um. I was getting to a point where I was like, yeah, I had to pee or whatever. But I was like, I, you know, I would check my phone cause I have diabetes. So i like, oh, it was my blood sugar? Um, but also checking to see, like, how much time we'd been in the theater. And I'd be like, we've only been here for an hour. I still have two more hours of Batman. This is fucking awesome. <laughs> and, then, and then I'd, you know, check it again. And I'd be like, we've been in here for two hours. They have one more hour of Batman. This is fucking awesome. And <laughs> you know? I
0: think also part of why it would be a challenge to cut anything is because this movie is a genuine mystery and very intricu- intricately pl- plotted and put together. It's Batman 7. Um, it's uh, There's a lot of old cinema influences in there. I saw a lot of Chinatown. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little bit of Taxi Driver or um, The French Connection. 7, but yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah.
2: Well, there's some seven. I, when, there's when, you a... said, when you said Batman 7, my brain went to like, wait, this is the seventh one? I'm confused. No, no. <laughs> um, David Fincher. <laughs> then, it, then it
0: clicked. There's also one thing I know you were concerned about from a trailer, Luke, Lucas, which I will put to rest for you. Mm-hmm. This is not Nolan's Batman. Not this is okay. very distinctly Matt Reeves' interpretation. Okay. And Matt Reeves has a lot of influence in here. Like, he pulls just about everything Batman you could throw in there.
1: But that's not to his detriment. I know a lot of people when like when things get self-referential and they're like referencing characters, referencing things in the movie, and or that are from the source material that it can bog it down. That's not the case here. They're just subtle. Like some of the the references are very subtle. Um, some of them aren't subtle. <laughs> some of them are blatantly like literally fill the screen. Um, but it, it'll just be like a word or like a quick cameo or just things like, like- people in the background and things like that.
0: Like, if I were to give you any context as to where it would sit, like, it has the grounded realism of the Nolan Batman, mm-hmm. but it has, like, the gothic, um, intense, uh, stylized uh, tone of, like, or stylized vibe of uh, the, maybe Burton's Batman.
1: Sure, yeah.
2: Okay.
0: Um, And the t- detective procedural stuff that you'd see on, like, the animated series.
1: Yeah. It's, um, it, it's the first time you've ever seen Batman really be a detective you know, like he's he's trying to solve he's trying to stop a fucking serial killer, and he he's he has got cool gadgets that assist him in this stuff, but he's also, but he also very fucks up a lot. He fucks up a lot. He's very methodical, thought out, but sometimes he, he's reckless, and that comes from it being year two of Batman, right? Which is common knowledge. That's common knowledge that the movies take This place whole
0: movie also here. kind of has an arc about like uh, it kind of sh- it does this whole thing where. Without spoiling it, the movie is kind of about uh Batman realizing what he actually needs to be. Yeah. And like addressing the idea of what we all fall in what we keep seeing with Batman, which is um Gozo beats up the bad guys, um, hides in the shadows, scares the shit out of people. It's all really about him trying to figure out, like, is this really what Batman should be? Yeah. Um, and also the whole uh The ending is one of those things where it's not an a- an automatic win. It's not like a huge win for everybody. In fact, in other ways, a lot of things go very wrong. But what I appreciate is that it's never cynical. Yeah. Batman has always been at its best a tragedy when it deals with things. And I personally don't think tragedies or things like that should be cynical.
1: I agree. Yeah, that's a really good point.
0: Um, In regards to uh, production stuff, Matt Reeves directs the shit out of this. Oh, boy, does he ever... Like he, uh, like Matt Reeves is at the top of his craft, like, uh, in the way, like, he's uh, he blocks out scenes or the way, like, uh, he works with lighting. Um, the entire cast is outstanding. Um, Robert Pattinson breaks any, uh, <laughs> any things where it's like, oh, he's not going to be
1: good, which is hilarious because he's proved it for the past like 15 years. And yes, oh, yeah, Pe-
2: people are just caught up on fucking Twilight. Yeah. Like Robert Pattinson has been an established, like, Power actor for like quite a long time. I read a tweet that was very funny, where it was like, "Who's the asshole
1: that decided that playing a vampire is cringy, but being Batman is prestige?" (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um, (laughs) But I was, but
1: the thing, the thing, like to build off what Liam is saying, yeah, he he is very, very, very good, Um, and ultimately it's because Pattinson and I think Reeves too, they knew how to direct silence, like the two of them. Um, in tandem together. Because Batman, like, when he is Batman, yeah, he talks quite a bit, um, but there are definite moments where he doesn't say a goddamn thing, and you can still read everything on his face, even though it's only this much of his fucking face, you know?
0: Oh, and he he barely speaks above a a whisper. There's never any of those
1: it does happen a couple, like, <laughs> it does have definitely happen a couple times because yeah just... there's
0: never those points where it's where he starts uh punching people in the face shouting where's the trigger and a voice that sounds like he's gargling rocks yeah where the
2: drugs going? <laughs> <was
0: heavy>. um <laughs> um also uh i guess just if we're going through the cast jeffrey wright is a great commissioner gordon i'll always have a soft spot for um uh was it for gary oldman
1: Mm-hmm. but Jeffrey Wright might be a clo- is probably a close second here. He's he's right. much closer to the Batman that you would get out of the comics um while well, Je- while uh, Gary Oldman's much closer to the uh, the Gordon you would get from the animated series, I would say. Really? I think mm. this
0: I think it's the other way around. Vis Gary Oldman's Gordon is very long Halloween. Okay. While this one is very um this one is very animated series. Okay. Like uh he's pretty much uh He's the only sensible person of a police force in Gotham.
1: Yeah. There's <laughs> um, a really great moment where the and I don't think this is much of a spoiler, but The clip's been released online. Yeah, where they're in they're in uh this police room and uh, Batman had just been just beat up a bunch of cops or whatever. Yeah, because and... uh, he got knocked out, and they woke him up. Yeah, and so they're about to take off his cowl, and he beats, up, beats them up, and he's like, no, don't do it. And then Gordon's like, I'll handle it. Like, everybody get out of the room. And he, he, it looks like he's berating him, but he like gets in, and he's like, here's the key. Go over to that door. <laughs> punch,
0: <laughs> get, sock me one in the face, and, and then yeah. just make a
1: run for it. And he's like, I want you to punch me once in the face, and then I want you to run. And then there's a, a scene immediately following it. <laughs> gordon's like um i thought you said you were gonna hold back on the punch i did
2: <laughs> it's, um, it's, yeah it's no got a lot despite of
0: being it. really intense a uh, really grim intense for it's it's still very funny in a lot of spots yeah it's got some but not humor. like in a way where i feel like we're you're stopping things to tell a joke yeah mm-hmm. they're very situational um, jokes there's um um there's also a great uh who else is there zoe kravitz who i don't usually care for is a great cat woman She's fantastic, and I she, mean,
1: I've seen a lot of comments recently about how woke her Catwoman is, or whatever. It's like, shut the fuck up! Don't 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 make a movie she, nowadays. What does what, what does that
0: even mean? Because <laughs> she's like, she a, calls the idea, she calls about, she essentially indirectly calls Bruce Wayne out on his privilege. Yeah,
2: which like, okay, yeah. I'm like, that's something that needed to be addressed. <laughs> <She> just, <laughs> yeah, and then, that's um, like that's an integral part of like. Like her character, what, what, at least what I feel like her character would be. Yeah. Like she, she's like a thief, like yeah, stealing and grew from up... rich people, and he's a like born rich kid. Like... Yeah. And grew up having to live essentially as a
0: sex worker and build her own fortune. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Like, wh- why scary. would
2: that not come up? I'm confused. <laughs>
1: exactly. I, I think it's because of the way, th- and what she says, it doesn't seem very Catwoman or Batman like the dialogue, but it's also mm. like. You're making a movie in twenty twenty two. Or you're releasing a movie in twenty twenty two and you don't expect there to be some of this discord or some of this like commentary. Like, yeah,
0: there's y- there's discourse foolish.
2: about everything. now yeah, I foolish.
0: think what I liked <laughs> most about her catwoman is that she was very sensual and sexy, with oh constantly doing the whole flaunty thing or yeah. like uh or like she'll just like uh do the whole thing where she'll like show off her cleavage or like uh like just do kind of like the way we usually write uh
1: Sexy, seductive in movies. Yeah, she's she utilizes her her body um, as a weapon in m- multiple ways, um, but also just her her charisma and 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 all that to definitely get what she wants and how she wants it. But breaks that a lot of the times too, and has breakdowns and has moments of of weakness, um, which is which makes her a great character. But also Zoe's performance as Catwoman um, or as Selena. Kyle I should say is just yeah it, I also don't particularly care for for her as an actor. I just think she's she's typically always done the same performance um in most of her films uh like Mad Max Fury Road in in that one she's, she's just just kind of there and doesn't really do much. Um but in this one she she she's very much the second protagonist in this film. Um and really I believe I believe the term is deuteragonist. Yeah, I
2: do.
1: <laughs> I didn't know that. I think I think I think um, that's what it is. <laughs> so
0: deuteragonist. Um, but yeah, um, just just because we are running on a little bit, I do kind of want to go through
1: just the rest of the cast as well. <laughs> Liam, I get um, a chance to talk about the ca- the actors too. Okay, you don't get to just talk about Batman. I also get to talk about Batman. Um, but next up, um, I would like to give special uh-huh, okay. special note to uh, Andy Circus as he is a fucking fantastic Alfred. I didn't. I didn't know that he was in this movie. He plays yeah, Alfred he... Pennyworth, and it's unbelievable.
0: Nice. <laughs> he's it's when I heard he was casted, I thought it was an odd choice. He's in like, maybe I, five I...
1: scenes, but mm. every single one that he's in, it just gets fucking better. <laughs> this is also but for like
0: as much as I love Michael Caine as Alfred or whatnot and how into it he got. There are
1: times when he talks about his time
0: of the service where I don't know if I buy, I could have seen him as a spy or like a
1: soldier. I buy you as like a tea and crumpets, dude, not a not a save in the world type.
0: Yeah, with uh, Andy Circus, like there, I think there's a line or something where it's like he talks about uh, like how somebody was dead or they killed or they a killer. And uh, Bruce just gives him and he's like, no, he's not. And he just gives him this look like I've seen people get fucking killed. I should know. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and also their dynamic, too, between the two of them um was believable like bruce and bruce and alfred was it was very believable in how uh like i mean it's you know i can you can, can't can even count the amount of times that batman's or bruce wayne has said to alfred you're not my dad and usually he's like oh shucks you're right but in these in this one when it's you, brought up he, just, he, it, he it definitely hurts him and he just looks at him and is like I think he says something like, I'm well aware, sir. I'm well aware. Yeah. And, it, and and you can see that he's hurt by it because he's like, I've been fucking taking care of you for 25 years. <laughs> like, like fuck you. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then I think the last one that we really need to talk about is Paul Dano, um, who is just exceptional. Mostly because you don't really ever see his face. They right? use him surprisingly very sparingly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, the like I said, like we've said, the movie is mostly just a, a detective story and Batman trying to figure out what's going on. Um, but when he is present, you feel his presence. And you don't necessarily know it's – like. I mean, going into the movie and seeing the posters and shit, you know Paul Dano's in the movie. But sometimes you kind of forget that it's him. And sometimes you forget that it, it, you, you think, like, are they going to pull the rug on me? Is pa- Paul Dano not actually the Litter or something? Um but they obviously don't do it. But you, you like you're you're kind of led to believe that it could be somebody else or whatever. Anyway, um, he's fantastic. And I, I mean, Paul Dano's always kind of proved that he's a really good actor. Um, mm-hmm. but this one, it's it's hard to play super villains, and I think he did a really good job.
0: Well, and this movie also again just like, I was it. It did the right the thing, but I feel like a lot more of comic book we should do, which is. Cause especially with Batman, there's a lot. There's a huge issue with villains overshadowing the main character, where this movie keeps the focus where it should be on Batman. Yeah. Um, though you also forgot one actor, Christian. Good oh. old Colin Farrell as the Penguin. I forgot he was. I, <laughs> he for, I forgot he was, was in it. I forgot he
1: was in it because <laughs> he disappears into the role. He
0: and he is having the time of his life. Like, yeah. he's kind of doing this whole uh, Pacino-y or uh, De niro kind of, like, mobster talk. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because Colin um, Farrell's Irish, and you don't tell, yeah, he's, you can't
0: tell. <laughs> um, No, uh, there's, like, he's not in the movie a lot, but, like, uh, they're, but he makes him, he's really, uh, I was it, he's kind of, Colin Farrell likes to go kind of ham with performances like this. Yeah. But this time, it wasn't really overbearing, Um, like, he's definitely very larger than life and, uh, what is it? And, uh, definitely, like, he almost has this kind of pathetic aspect to him where, like, he's, has a bit of an inferiority complex, like, you've always seen with a penguin, but wants to be so much more, um, and is a bit of a showman. Um, he also adds some great bits of humor to the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, uh, he, uh, like, he's probably the most, despite obviously being the villain and obviously being, like, an uncomfortable presence. He also has some really funny moments. Like there's a great exchange between him, Gordon, and Batman that I'm not going to get into further than that.
2: Yeah. Anyway, I agree. He was great. You guys, you guys have convinced me to see this movie. Were you not already? <laughs> no. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, like said, the trailers uh, did not do anything for me. In fact, just like made me sorry. I have an eyelash my eye. Uh, you have it several just, on just... your eye. But <laughs> 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 Uh but no, I, I was I was uh again I, I have the superhero fatigue, but like uh yeah. I guess Daredevil kind of uh reduced that a little bit. Um but even though Matt Reeves was was uh directing and uh Robert Pattinson was uh playing Batman, I don't know, it it just the trailers doing it, it kind of looked like it was trying to be edgy for the sake of being edgy, and I'm like and I'm I'm so over that. Yeah uh, that's fair but like uh, you guys it it, it seems to look that way but the way you guys described it it didn't sound that way i think you're gonna have one of two reactions i think either Mm. you're gonna like it
0: or it'll be like logan where you're like i know this movie's really good Mm. but it's uh, but it's just not exactly it's not something i really want to watch
2: fair enough
1: i i let's just let's just keep telling lucas what we think he'll think of it (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: hey, you always do it. Now was my turn. Liam, I feel like you're gonna love uh human centipede three. I feel like you're just gonna absolutely
2: <laughs> um No fuck those movies.
1: There's yeah.
2: Anyway. And also uh, uh just to confirm sure. uh yes, the term is deuteragonist for the uh the per- the character who is of second most importance. Huh. What about third? Uh that is the um tritagonist. Tritagonist? Yep. What yep. about fourth? I don't know. <laughs> Qua, quad quad antagonist. <laughs> It's probably. It probably just. Made, yeah. I, I made that up, but that sounds right. <laughs> it probably is. Right.
1: Anyway, this has been the extended ingestion, uh, mm-hmm. or the what did you say it was? The Thunder Lizard Quickie Update. Quickie ketchup. The,
0: the Thundercast Quickie Ketchup. The Thunder. <laughs> <up. laughs>
1: <It was> ketchup. <laughs> we should start selling ketchup. Just on your <laughs> nose,
0: if you make a little banner and on the cover just put a thing of ketchup on it.
1: <laughs> anyway. Like, just put a little
0: A&W ketchup packet on it.
1: <laughs> anyway, this has been uh, the ingestion slash the episode for this week. Uh, when we come back from our short little break, we are going to be doing another wonderful edition of cool. cool That's right. We'll be right back.
0: Does one of them have really blonde hair and blue eye? Long blonde hair and blue eyes? He's like, yep. And he's like, is he known to say, ah, we're going to die as the <laughs> plane is taking off? <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Thundercast. Uh, th- that was the ingestion-a-thon, the um, candy crush saga. Uh, what the fuck was it again? The, the
0: Thundercast quickie ketchup. Quick- yeah, quickie ketchup.
1: Quickie ketchup, everybody. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're coming in back with a wonderful edition of
0: Cool Wars. Cool Wars,
1: <laughs> cool Wars is yeah, a game we like to a play. Lot of that time. Well, I know what Liam was doing. Uh, cool Wars is a game we like to play at the end of every single episode of the Thundercast, in which we pit two people against each other in a battle of cool. Coolness is entirely based off of uh, a. <laughs> Shit, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> It's entirely taking it. around uh, uh, the, the, all definitions are cool. Liam, who's on the, the docket today?
0: Uh, today we've got a peculiar lineup. Um, Daria Morgendorfer versus Princess Le- Leia Organa.
1: Yes, that's right. Uh, Liam, can you put four minutes on the clock? Is that what we've been doing? Have I just been throwing random numbers out? I've got it for five. <laughs> I feel like I've just been throwing random numbers out. Maybe. All right. All right, and here we go. I'm sorry. Has Daria ever started an entire rebellion that then went up against the the world's law or the universe's the galaxy's largest um, war
2: or like enemy slash army? Um, the, the 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 imperial the galactic. Empire. She started the rebellion, or she actually didn't technically start it, but she led it for a very, very long time. Yeah, uh, against the Galactic, Galactic Empire. Leia Organa is the original bad bitch. That's right. But... And I'm, I'm sorry, Daria D- dealt D- with D-
0: actual
1: human relatable issues. Oh, I don't like my boyfriend's band. Sh- <laughs> shut up. <laughs>
0: Fuck you. I wasn't even in a band.
1: I don't like I don't like my sister's
2: boyfriend's band.
1: <laughs> they oh, can't even the come up with a name. <laughs>
2: But uh, Leia Organa was was the was one of the obviously not, probably not the first, but like one of the one of the first like mainstream inversions of the damsel in distress. Yeah. Where they they go and they're like, oh, we got to save the princess. They save the princess, and the princess is like, well, fuck, I got to save you now because you're a bunch of fucking idiots. <laughs> I didn't need your saving. <laughs> I mean, Dario. She did the
0: original saving, but then she had to save her saviors. Yeah. <laughs> Dario, kind of like clerks, is kind of the ultimate embodiment of a generation. In a way. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair.
2: Yeah, Leia, that's her. Uh, Leia uh, is is played by Carrie Fisher, who uh rest in peace, but she was uh a badass bitch in real life, and she was fucking hilarious. <laughs> she was a very funny lady. <laughs> she did a lot she of cocaine. <laughs> Let's face it, cocaine is cool. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite one of my favorite jokes from uh from Carrie Fisher was um it was at like some they are giving George Lucas some award and she ended her speech with George I sure hope I slept with you for the part cuz if not who the hell was that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's um, a very funny. Leia. And and she's she's the reason Leia is as cool and likable as she is. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But uh, In- sorry Liam, we have been we've been talking about Leia. Go yeah. ahead and talk about Daria.
0: <laughs> uh one thing that I always admired about uh Daria is the fact that like this is one thing that too many shows do when uh trying to write a uh, strong female character which is never making them wrong or have or make mistakes Daria is constantly ma- constantly is corrected or making mistakes throughout the course of a whole series yeah I mean like she kind of coasts by on like her wit and uh her sarcasm but like there's a many points of that show where she is not right whatsoever.
1: Oh, yeah, or at but... least, like, there's
0: a grain of truth to what she's saying, but, like, kind of needs to get off her high horse and try to live life a little bit. Don't you think
1: it's a little arrogant, though, that she never gets off her high horse?
0: I think that's, oh, part, of, it...
1: that's
2: part of the reason why I never really watched uh, Daria was because... Well, that's, that's kind of... That's, that is the thing. Like, she she sort of does sometimes, but, like, that is something she's challenged on reg- pretty regularly throughout the show. Okay. Yeah, that's
0: Particularly the... with uh, the character of Jody. Mm-hmm or even uh, or even jane in a lot of points. Yeah. For
1: sure. Yeah, that's why I never really wanted to watch the show is because I find people that are insufferably smug and uh like unwavering in their their thought process to be quite annoying i don't know why i hang out with liam uh, or myself
0: like, for that you matter. like
1: dan Harmon shows that's every character he writes to an obnoxious degree if you recall liam on saturday i did mention that i don't particularly like rick and morty anymore and don't intend to watch the rest of it so still the princess leia organa
2: <laughs> 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 uh I, I i honestly genuinely really like both these characters yeah. i do have a bias for sure yeah uh based on just Mostly probably nostalgia, but like uh, I, I do, both these characters are very cool. But I think I know which way I'm gonna go.
0: Yeah, I do think uh, with Leia, the, uh, what is it? Uh, the, Leia was probably my biggest disappointment of a sequel trilogy. Not because I thought she was a bad character or mishandled by anything, but because she was the most underused mm-hmm. for circums for uh, unforeseen circumstances and uh, just like uh, not giving her enough to do early on. Which really yeah. disappointed me because part of why Leia was cool is because she was the only person who wanted to be there.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like everybody was she, kind she of there it. for the rebellion. I think I think she got the most to do and the best stuff to do in Last Jedi for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but still, she was unconscious for a big chunk of that movie.
1: <laughs> who am I?
2: Leia mm-hmm. Poppins.
1: <laughs> Which fuck off! That as stupid as that scene is, it's grown on
2: me drastically over the years. It does. It does look a little silly. But I do. I I I, just, I really like seeing Leia use the Force. It was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: I mean, like, and even if people made a big deal about him, like, it was eight seconds of a uh, two-plus-hour movie. Yeah. yeah. Really, guys. And really. She, and she doesn't utilize it again, like, ever.
2: No. But one of my favorite moments. One of my favorite Leia moments. One of my my like first favorite uh, Leia moments where she like takes Luke's gun. She's like, "Well, somebody's got to save our skins," and she shoots the the thing, and they jump down the thing uh one one of my second one of my other favorite leia moments is where she walks in like during poe's mutiny and poe sees him and he's like leia and she doesn't say anything she just fucking shoots him (laughs) (laughs) moron i don't fuck around Uh, i have mine i
1: don't know about you Um, i have mine yeah. yeah yeah I mean, yeah,
0: I think we're all in the same boat here because I don't think it's fair to compare uh, one of my personal favorite characters to a fucking icon of cinema.
1: <laughs> so do we even need to do a countdown, or was it pretty obvious that it's Leia? <laughs> Let's do a countdown just just for just for redundancy. Five, four, three, three, two, two one. one. Princess Leia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: I don't really think there was much of a as, competition there yeah as much as I love Daria like like I I really like the show I think Daria is a great character yeah uh, she's very cool uh she's unfortunately got uh paired up with um Leia yeah <laughs> exactly Leia which which was bound to happen throughout uh cool wars anyway
1: mm-hmm this has as been... long
0: as you can as long as you put lisa simpson up against like fucking
1: indiana jones or something <laughs> <laughs> this has been the thundercast for this week if you like what you heard be sure to go follow us on instagram facebook youtube uh, and twitter on instagram facebook and youtube we are thunder lizard collective uh, as well as on tiktok as well and on twitter we're thunder lizard og uh be sure to tell a friend share us on social media follow us on and give us five stars or what have you on your favorite pod catcher uh, we have another show uh, which is called thunder and dragons hosted by lucas down there at the bottom of the screen uh, lucas is our thunder master i play rogmar liam plays radic and our friend dan plays mundor as we're guided through godhood by lucas there's some very 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 exceptional storytelling episodes coming out in the next couple months here that are gonna blow your fucking mind <laughs> the best <laughs> is yet to come yeah they are just outrageously good um we have a patreon Go to patreon.com slash thunderlizard. That is patreon.com slash thunderlizard. All this information is down at the bottom of the screen there. Uh and I want to thank our patrons. Kate, Tanya, Scott is Manosanoen. One of those <laughs> one of those is not a patron anymore. So... <laughs> I'm straight sure... <laughs> <I> feel... <laughs> I accidentally, I feel like I accidentally outed them. <laughs> anyway, anyway maybe, uh, maybe,
2: maybe maybe bleep it. <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. Um, but then, no, that's fair. Um, anyway, this has been the. I Thunder mean, they Cast. could they could go back and cross reference, but like, who the time? <laughs> but if they're not a
1: patron anymore. The odds are they're probably not watching the show. <laughs> anyway, this is for the Thundercast for this week. My name is Christian. My name is Lucas.
0: And I'm Liam. See ya.
1: Ketchup. <laughs> we should start selling ketchup. Just spawn your. <laughs> no,
0: if you.